We ask that tonight that you would come, that you would come down, that you would walk us, that you would open up our hearts for, for more of you, that you would put a hunger and a desire and a passion for you, Lord, even greater than what we've experienced and what our experience is even now. Because you are, like we sang in the song, you are so good and you so transformed our lives, Lord. And uh, you change us. And uh, we say we want more. Amen. 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 How's everybody doing? Good. Good? <laughs> Lively? Awake? No. <laughs> That's why I went and got an energy drink before we started. <laughs> well, I'll say this. If you weren't here last week, good to see everybody. But if you weren't here last week, man, you guys missed out. But I'm sure if you weren't here, you were supposed to be where you were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But no, I just say that because there was just a, for whatever reason, God moves in different ways in different nights, and there was just a sweet sense of God's presence here. And uh, like all throughout the night, like, mm-hmm. Dan started praying before I came up, and I could have just listened to him. Like, he just prayed all night. It was so good. It's serious. It's like, oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, just the whole night was, uh, it was God was doing something, and uh, I believe he's going to do something tonight as well. And it might not always look the same, but he's always at work and he's always doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who've been here, anybody reading the book of Acts? I am. Oh, I mean, I start soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm on chapter three. Chapter three, okay. I said that's more than last week, so that's, awesome. I, that's good. I, I was like, I can't say I'm still in chapter two. I thought, I, I thought that's what you were doing. I was like, <laughs> she knows I'm going to ask. <laughs> What, oh, so you've been reading it? I'm okay. Nice. Whoa, nice. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Okay. So what's kind of been just, could just be something small? What what's stood out to you so far? Anything? Oh, just me. Or, yeah, you and Emma. You can cheat and look back at it. <laughs> you took notes? Well, I highlighted it. Yeah, oh, nice. Nice. I didn't know you can highlight the phones in your Bible. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You, just, you just put the pen over, over, over the screen. Yeah. You what? You put the pen over the screen. I don't do that. I still, I'm old school. I still have, you know, my Bible. I highlight the pens. It looks like I'm crossing out scripture sometimes. <laughs> but I'm not. Well, just anything that jumped out to you as you read, you know, as you were reading. in the cloud. Such a good verse. Nice. Turns out that was the only verse I highlighted. Really? Truly? I gotta see, I gotta verify this as a witness. (laughs) Was it really? (laughs) Nice. Uh Okay. That's awesome. Jesus' return. (laughs) He is coming back. The same way he left. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so, for those of you who haven't been here, we've been talking about revivals and church history. Uh, last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and uh, what I felt led by the Lord, by the Spirit, was to go back to revival for a couple of weeks and talk about the Welsh revival, the one that happened in. Anybody know the nation of Wales? Anybody geography people? Area, area, yeah. Did you? Where's Wales? Tell me. Oh. 
Wales is next to England, but not England. It doesn't show it on here. But it doesn't. It doesn't? Really? It does not. The United Kingdom, London. England, supremacy. That kind of that little piece of, uh, of uh, the island of England kind of sticking next to uh, Ireland. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's connected to England. It's its own nation, but it's part of the United Kingdom. Last I, learned a, I learned a lot just in that. Last time it was fully independent was like 500 years ago. 500 years ago? Wow. It's pretty integrated. But they have their own language, and it's called the Welsh language, and that's why they call it the Welsh Revival. It's like, a, I won't go into what that is. But uh, anyway, so it's the Welsh Revival, and it took place 1904 to 1905. Right before the Azusa Street Revival in 1906. And uh, there's some pretty cool um, features to this revival because, as we said. I have a question, Pastor. Yes. Was the, was the Azusa, was it connected to the Welsh? Did it happen because of the Welsh Revival? They're pretty far away, so hard to see. I wouldn't say, I mean, there was connections for sure because just like the Azusa Street Revival, um, the Welsh Revival had a global impact, and there were some people, not William Seymour, but some people from the church in Los Angeles who were hungry for the Lord, hungry for revival, went there and checked it out and came back with like an insatiable hunger for revival and were praying for revival. But, but as we said, like William Seymour was the key guy mm-hmm. that God used for the for the industry revival. But there was connections for sure. Mm-hmm. And there's actually connections to the Welsh revival, and um, some of you guys might know that, some of you might not. But Reinhard Bonnke, he's passed away now, but he was evangelist, did crazy amounts of crusades in Africa, but uh, there's connections to this revival in him uh, that we'll talk about uh, probably next week. But, so here's some history. Wales had a history of revival and uh, awakening prior to 1904. The previous one that they had was 45 years earlier in 1859, and that's what they would call it. Uh, it would be cool to talk about it one of these nights because it was a prayer revival, mm. one of the prayer revivals. And just like um, William Seymour was the key guy for the uh, Zuzi Street Revival, there was a key minister for this revival, and his name was Evan Roberts. Say Evan Roberts. Evan Roberts. Evan Roberts. Evan Roberts. He was God's chosen instrument and key minister in this, in this revival, in the Welsh Revival. And this is one of the stories where he left school at the age of 12 to work, to help out his dad in the coal mines. Can you imagine that? Like, we have nothing. Like, I know my grandpa didn't finish school because he left to go work to help out. And this is in Tracy, California, to go help out his family. But you just imagine stories like this and these humble and big people that God uses in these revivals. But he left school at 12 to work in the coal mines. And he was saved a year later at the age of 13. And early on in his salvation, you thirsty? <laughs> I don't want to. Okay, I'll wait. Coal mines were a lot nastier back then. What's that? Coal mines were a lot nastier back then. Oh, I believe it. Could you imagine the uh, OSHA wasn't around back then? I don't even know if OSHA's in Europe, probably not, but um, something equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. Do you know Do you know anything about it, about the conditions? Oh, yeah. Um, it was, oh, sorry, no, no, I meant it was like, uh, I, I mixed up what you were saying. I, I'm going to stop talking about that. It was, yeah, it was really bad, very, very hot, very cramped, oftentimes very low ceilings, um, tons of tons of just dust and stuff that they didn't have any protection for. Uh, let's see, not to mention gases, which is where the canary, coal mine canary idea came from, which is since the canary is much smaller, 
it'll die first from the gases. Mind you, you talking about a bird? Yeah, it's a small yellow bird, and um, carbon monoxide is you, you you won't smell it. You won't. Right. It, it and so you will die that fast. Yeah, we got a detector in our house. <laughs> so and that's what these canaries for. So I mean, you you basically could die from all sorts of different reasons. And well, even if you didn't die today, you would have to do it for years and years through horrible horrible, horrible physical conditions until wow. finally your body would just be destroyed. Wow. By like age thirty or forty. I believe it. Damn. It sounds definitely a dirty, dangerous job. <laughs> um, okay. So going back, so he worked in the coal mines. He saved at the age of 13. And early on in his salvation, um, he sought a deeper spiritual experience with God. Um, and it's because there was a deacon at his church that posed this one question. What if the Holy Spirit came and you were absent? And that just gripped him. It gripped him at 13. Like, what if the Spirit came and you weren't here? Mm. And from then on, we're talking about for over a decade till he was... 26 years old, he was committed to five church meetings a week, Monday through Friday, wow. for over 10 years. Wow. Monday was a prayer meeting. Tuesday was a prayer meeting. Th uh, Wednesday was a church meeting. <laughs> Thursday was they called it the Band of Hope meeting. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but it was called the Band <laughs> of Hope meeting. Yeah. And Friday was like a, like a Bible study. Committed for over 10 years. Wow. Like, is that crazy or what? And he just had a resolve. Number one, he was hungry for more of God, hungry for more of the Spirit. And this guy, this deacon posed this question. He's like, I got to be at every meeting. And he tells stories where he would see his friends, like, because he lived by this river that he would, grew up swimming and stuff. He would see his friends on the boats and he'd be tempted to want to go, you know, and have some fun. He's like, nope, he stayed faithful to his commitment because he wanted the Lord above all else. He wanted, namely, the Holy Spirit above all else. Mm. Mm. So his faithfulness to these meetings, it turned into a passion for revival. Mm. It turned into a passion for his nation, for the nation of Wales. Because Wales had a history of revival, and he was so gripped for the nation because they were in what you would, we would call a spiritual decline. That fire wasn't there. And he was like, and, his, and these are some of his own words I'm about to say. He would, he would talk to God and be like, God, what's up? Like Christianity has failed. Mm. It's basically, the church is dead. Where's the fire? Where's the passion? Mm. Where's these things that we've heard about mm. in our nation? So he was also a young man of prayer and intercession, like I said, being concerned with his nation, and he prayed for revival in Wales for over a decade. Think about that. Mm. He would pray for his nation for over a decade, that the Spirit of God would come and change lives. Mm. Like, he had a commitment, an awesome prayer life, and that commitment to it was, it was just amazing. It reminds me of kind of a, remember the, uh, the TRUST acronym that I, I taught you guys last week and then taught in praying to the Holy Spirit and fellowshiping with the Holy Spirit, T-R-U-S-T. Anybody remember it? Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yep, that's one. R. R. It's okay. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm just, just asking. Yeah, What's the next letter after R? Root you. you. <laughs> Trust. Trust. <laughs> no, like. Or Q R S T. You know how there's like a. It's about the alphabet or the acronym. For, okay, for the word. You know, like the R word. What's the, the next word. letter? Oh, it's release revelation. Oh, I'm not gonna get that. Of the of <laughs> Jesus's heart and the Father's heart was so released revelation. That's why we should put it on right there. Yeah. Oh, somebody yeah, write that down. Danny was gonna do it, and he got shut down by the girls. <laughs> I have that in writing. So, so T R U. What's U? Anybody can remember? Uh, 
use, use. yourself. No. Use me. No, use me. Use me. Use me, Holy Spirit. Good guess. Use me to bless others. Use me in the gifts of the Spirit to bless others. S. Speak in tongues. Oh, <laughs> that's, good. that's like a good it. one. That's not it, but that's good. <laughs> you could add it. It works. Strengthen me. Strengthen me, Holy Spirit. The power of mind and my inner man, yeah. Strengthen my mind and my emotions. And then the T. Thank you. No. No, that was the first one. Trust. Teach me. Teach me, Holy Spirit. Teach me how to walk in your ways. Teach me how to walk according to your word. Teach me the Bible. And so I bring that up because... Like, he had a, 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 an intense, like, committed prayer life for over 10 years. And one of the things that Mike Bickle, who I got the acronym from, you know, leader in uh, Kansas City, House Prayer, he says in his teaching on fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, he teaches that acronym. He tells people, because people, you know, we, we get something new or we learn something new and we try it for like a week or two. And then we're like, oh, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. But Mike Bickle tells people, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, talk to the Spirit, pray to the Holy Spirit. And then come to me in 10 years and tell me that it doesn't work. So it just reminded me of like his prayer life. Like he prayed for over 10 years for an outpouring of his spirit and it came. So we'll move right along. At 26, so we're going to fast forward 13 years. At 26, Evan Roberts had three to four months of nightly encounters with God from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. in the morning. Every day. Okay, I'll read. At 26, he had three to four months of nightly encounters, you could say visitations of God, encounters with God from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. Every night. It's like all of a sudden he, he went to, to, he was praying and he was in earnest intercession for his nation, really concerned for souls. And uh, so he had been wrestling with God in prayer, goes to bed, and the Lord wakes him up at 1 a.m. And it's like this heavenly encounter that he has with the Lord. And then for three to four months, he had that same, he had a, either the same or similar encounters with the Lord every night for three to four months before he went to Bible college to train for ministry. And in his own words, they were like these face-to-face -face encounters with God, talking to God, praying, interceding for his nation. Kind of like when Moses said, Moses met with God face-to-face -face in Exodus. These are kind of like the encounters he had. And that happened in the spring of 1904. Yeah. Wow. And this was a key time for him um, as he experienced a much deeper experience of God. I mean, yeah. crazy. Not everybody has opportunity to experience something like that. But man, God had a calling on this man's life and you know, wanted to uh, use him mightily. So he goes to college to prepare for ministry and the encounter stopped. <laughs> he signs up because he's like, because he, he had a calling to ministry. He wanted to win souls for the Lord. He had a passion to preach. Had passion for the Lord. And so what do you do? You go to Bible college, right? So he signs up to go to Bible college to get trained and then the encounter stopped. And uh, but he and, and and he actually grew spiritually cold. And the way he would one of the ways he describes spiritual coldness is just it just blows my mind. Because I he, the way he described it um, in his own words were like when he looked at the cross, he didn't weep. Mm. He didn't cry. Like, mm. come on. Like, how many times we come in here, we see the cross, it doesn't... I mean, sometimes I'm sure it moves us, and it will move us to tears, but not like, wow. But he really grew uh, spiritually cold. Um, but that would all change, because 
as we're going to find out. So he grew spiritually cold, and he didn't, he didn't like that. He had a problem with that. But revival would hit his own heart through a series of meetings while he was in college at a convention. And the convention was specifically for going deeper with God, deepening the spiritual life. And so in the midst of this coldness he got over his heart for spiritual things for the Lord, he, he begins to encounter God. And it begins to, uh, to revive his own heart towards God. And so where are we going to go next? So he had a spiritual experience at this convention that furthered him along in his spiritual development. And what happened was, this is, it was like drastic, because he went from a quiet, unassuming, serious student to, after this encounter, to Evan Roberts the Evangelist, ready to go all over Wales mm -hmm. preaching the gospel. You can say he got, he got baptized in the Spirit. Like he had, that something that dramatic was a, a tremendous move of the Spirit upon him. So from this encounter, he had received, uh, and this is, this is stuff I'm reading from his own words that was documented that he wrote down that's, been, that's known. Salvation of souls became the burden of his heart. He already had it before, but now it's like the burden of his heart. He lost all nervousness for like evangelism and things like that. Because um, I guess probably before he was anxious there's because sometimes evangelism is scary. You know, I'm going to talk to somebody about Jesus. I don't know how they're going to receive me. I don't know what they're going to think, whatever. So he lost all nervousness. Just this boldness came in. And that's why I believe that encounter was a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because going back to the book of Acts, like Jesus told the disciples, wait for the outpouring of the Spirit. Wait for the baptism so you can be my witnesses. Empowerment to be the witnesses. God, uh, Jesus' witnesses. Like all throughout Jerusalem and Judea, um, all Israel to the ends of the earth. And so he lost all nervousness. And then one of the things, too, he could sing all day. I guess he had some type of, like, physical impediment that, that would hinder him from, I guess, singing for long periods of time. But one, one thing, he could sing all day. And that brought a lot of joy to him. And it just, as I said before, it revived his heart towards God because that spiritual coldness came over. And sometimes... You know, we can get on fire for the Lord, and life happens, things happen, you kind of, you kind of get, or you go to a conference, or you go to a weekend thing, and you're like in this God bubble, and it's like, you know, amazing, and then you come back home, you know, and your life begins to happen, and that fire you once had begins to dwindle, well, that, that's kind of what, what happens here, but God's so good that he rekindles, he rekindles our flickering, the flickering flames in our heart. All right. Let's see. So after this encounter, he actually had trouble focusing on school, on his schoolwork, because when the Holy Spirit began to move upon him, he was becoming, being gripped and prepared for the work God had him to do in Wales. So he couldn't even focus. And people thought he was going crazy because, like, you know, he wouldn't go to class and stuff like that. But like the Lord was doing something, and he wasn't gonna. He wanted to. He didn't want to miss what the Lord was doing. He couldn't even focus on that stuff. All he could do was focus on God, and focus on and what and, and on what the Spirit was doing in his heart. And at that time, his only book became the Bible. He didn't want anything else. No other books to read, no nothing. I want, he just wanted the Bible. It reminds me of this guy named Smith, Smith Wigglesworth that we'll learn about probably in the coming weeks. <laughs> say it. I know you want to say it, Smith Wigglesworth. <laughs> <laughs> powerful man, powerful preacher of God. He's got some history here in the Bay Area, too. But anyways, the same thing with Smith Wigglesworth. The only thing he had on him was his Bible all the time. That's all he read. 
And the other thing about Evan Roberts is that he believed God for 100,000 souls. Wow. 100,000 souls. Think about it back then. Think about it in a small nation. Like, okay, I mean, come on. If we believe for 100,000 souls, that would be absolutely incredible if we believed that, prayed into it, and God did it. Even now. No, just for revival in Wales and awakening. That's a lot of souls. <laughs> Even if it happened now, that's like a lot of souls. 100,000? So, on October, October 30th of 1904, he had a vision while he was in chapel. And this man had a lot of encounters with the Lord. And the vision was of him going back to his hometown or his home village and preaching the gospel and reaching the people of his village. And he's sitting in chapel, the minister's preaching, and he's having this, he was, he's having this vision. And he couldn't shake it. He wanted it to go away, and it, it wouldn't go away. And... Uh, and then God tells him too. He hears a voice in his ears, and a voice in his ears telling him to go home, mm. go home. This is like basically God telling him, "This vision is of me. Go home." Mm. And he finally surrenders. He's like wrestling with God with this thing, and then he finally surrenders. Here we go. My last page. Notes. So after he agrees to surrender, the vision vanishes. And still being unsure of his encounter and what what had taken place, and this is one of the things I love about him. He wasn't just like, "Oh, I heard from God. I'm gone." He actually went to his tutor and was like, I had this vision in chapel. Do you think it's from the Lord or from the devil? Mm. And his tutor tells him, the devil's not going to put good thoughts into your head, <laughs> yeah. um, into your mind. And then the devil's not going to tell you to do stuff like that. And so that confirmed the vision that he had. And then he goes back home. He goes back home the next day. Well, Immediate obedience to the spirit of God. Mm. I, I, that's one of the things I absolutely love about him and his story. Um, and that's one of the things that he was actually big on was about uh, immediate obedience. And we had time to talk about that a little bit last week. How when we, mm -hmm. One of the ways that we can quench the spirit is when we don't obey him. And when we don't do things uh, that he might ask us to do even when it's uncomfortable. And he's gracious to us. He doesn't leave us. He's not mad at us if we don't obey. But oh my gosh, the blessings that come when we do. Mm -hmm. And uh, just from my own experience, separate from what I shared last week, there's been times... Where God's had to share, had me share my personal testimony, details I wouldn't share with just you know your average Joe or just in a typical thing, and every time that I obeyed, and um, there was just and, and it's really just opening up myself for others, and to to uh, and to see what God's done in my life, struggles that I had, and uh, and it's very revealing. And sometimes it's scary, but the times that I did it, the times that I obeyed, my goodness, the blessings that came, and the, just the joy knowing that. I followed the Lord and did what he asked me to do. And it's actually my own self, even just receiving the spirit and receiving the gift of tongues was tied into me sharing with the minister of a Valley Christian Center some deep personal things in my life. And then he prayed for me, put his hand on my belly, and I felt something. It was the spirit of God. It's like, you know, when Paul asked the Ephesians, hey, did you receive the spirit? They're like, what spirit? You ever heard of him? Uh, it was like that. It's like something was activated, and then a night or two later, I got my gift of tongues. Mm -hmm. And so, all that to say is like, yeah, being super sensitive to the Holy Spirit is, is essential for our lives and key, and you will be absolutely blessed, I will be absolutely blessed when we do follow His leadings, and sometimes it's like, 
things we wouldn't normally do. But um, but the blessings come with obedience, and God always blesses obedience, even if it's just a little, a small thing. Um, I was gonna say like, and I've heard this before from somebody else, but like making your bed, mm -hmm. you know, in the morning and things like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good. No comedic, comedic relief. Um, <laughs> So, okay, so he returns home, and he was only planning to be gone one week, just one week for Bible college, just one week. He didn't return until, next, until uh, five months later, because um, right when he returns home, I mean, this man, the, the passion that this man had for the Lord was just crazy, because he goes home, and he doesn't just relax. He goes to a prayer meeting that night. Mm -hmm. Like, if I came home from something, and I don't know how far the college was from his home, I know he took a train. But like, I'm kind of relaxing. I want a home-cooked meal for mom, you know. And like, I want to take it easy. He's like, he go, no, this man's on fire. He had a heavenly vision. Mm. You'll read in the book of Acts when Paul had a heavenly vision about the man in Macedonia. Mm. And the next day he goes there. That's similar to this. He had a heavenly vision and he went. And, uh, okay, so he goes to the prayer meeting that night. And he asked people. He didn't lead it. He was just a part of the meeting. But he asked people to stay after to stay after the meeting. And 16 people stayed, plus one little girl. Mm. And that was the beginning of the Welsh revival. Wow. As things began to take place very shortly, within a week, people's lives were being changed. And it grew to something a lot bigger, which I want to share. I'll share next week. But, uh, but I'll share a few highlights. Um, 100,000 people were saved in less than a year. Wow. <clears throat> there was global impact, mm. just like Azusa. The nations would come, people from different nations, American, other nations would come to check out this revival. And you go, you get impacted, you go back, and you're hungry for the Lord. Um, the nation of Wales was awakened. The whole nation was awakened to the Lord. I'm talking about real, real revival, real awakening. Um, the cops, the cops had hardly anything to do because crime went down. The courts were empty because there were no cases to, to, going on. Because people were saved and going to church. And one of the coolest things, they had a sports team. They call it a, a, a football team. It's like European soccer. But they had a sports team. And the whole sports team got, would get saved. And so there was no sports because all the, all the whole team was in church. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I'll just share it all in with this. And it's two prayers that impacted Evan Roberts and, and, and birth, well, were part of the birthing of this revival. When he had that experience at the convention, one of the prayers was, and he learned it from another minister, and that this little phrase just caught him. It was the Holy Spirit highlighting it to him. And one of, this, one of the phrases was, <laughs> one of the phrases was, uh, bend us. Bend me, O God. Basically, in our terminology, it would be like, wreck us, Lord. Mm -hmm. Wreck us for your kingdom. Wreck us for nothing but you. But it was, bend me, oh God. Bend me. Wreck me. Use me. Mm -hmm. And the Lord answered that prayer. And the other one was this. Because things were taking place and things were happening. Within two weeks, people's lives were getting changed to the point where they were talking about it at the pubs. They were talking about it in the workplace. Like, wow, there's a move of the spirit going on. But so he, so Evan Roberts leaves the meeting one night, and the spirit didn't move that much, and he wasn't, wasn't okay with him. Mm -hmm. He was like, 
We need more. We need more of the Spirit. It's like this. Sometimes we get too satisfied, you know, even now in our own lives, in our own walk. He's like, no. He's like, we got to contend for more. And so a group of people stayed with them after the meeting. And the prayer that the Holy Spirit gave them was this. And this is a famous prayer from the revival. Send the Spirit for Jesus Christ's sake. And they began to pray that, and God began to, to move even greater. Mm. And, um, and we'll share more about uh, the Welsh Revival next week because uh, there's some pretty cool features uh, to the revival that, that are unique to the Welsh Revival. Because a lot of the revivals are similar. There's some similarities, but then there's some big differences, and there's some really cool differences that kind of tie into tie into Harper and Bowl, mm -hmm. tie in, tie into us singing what we do here on Friday nights and singing and worshiping. And uh, yeah, I wanna, I wanna unpack that and dig into that next week. So stay tuned, come back, don't miss out. Last week